0: You're listening to Colorado Outdoors, the podcast for Colorado parks and wildlife. Many of you here in the state of Colorado will remember the 2016 Hayden Pass fire. Along with a myriad of environmental impacts from the blaze, was the potential impact to a very genetically unique type of fish, the Hayden Creek cutthroat trout. Today on Colorado Outdoors, we talk with a senior aquatic biologist who was involved in the process of saving and ensuring that this precious Colorado resource survives and thrives for generations to come. Listening to Colorado Outdoors, the podcast for Colorado Parks and Wildlife. I'm your host, Mark Johnson. The podcast is powered by Great Outdoors Colorado. GoCo invests a portion of Colorado Lottery proceeds to help preserve and enhance the state's parks, trails, wildlife, rivers, and open spaces. Its independent board awards competitive grants to local governments and land trusts and makes investments through Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Created when voters approved a constitutional amendment back in 1992, GoCo has committed more than $1.2 billion in lottery proceeds to more than 5,200 projects in all 64 counties without any tax dollar support. Fascinating conversation today here on Colorado Outdoors as we talk with Paul Fouts, senior aquatic biologist for the southeast region of CPW. Paul, thanks for joining us. Let's begin where this story begins with the two thousand sixteen Hayden Pass Fire and what the initial concerns were for the Hayden Creek Cutthroat Trout. Tell us what happened.
1: Yeah, you bet. Yeah, thanks for having me today. And um yeah, back back then and that was that was a bit, but uh Oh around that time, uh, one of the local biologists by the name of Greg Poliski, um, he was an aquatic biologist up in that upper Arkansas area had had been studying and and uh, knew of a really unique fish population that existed up in that Hayden creek drainage and when that Hayden pass fire. Came to be and, and kind of exploded on the scene. Um, he immediately became concerned about this population of fish that you know we knew about uh, that existed there in that drainage and only in that drainage. So he, in concert with the uh, Forest Service, a lot of local you know entities in and around uh, you know the Salite area and within Chafee County, put together an operation to go in and rescue those fish. Um, and it was kind of an unprecedented. Unprecedented thing for us at CPW, but Greg brought together a group of people with the Forest Service, and and uh, we went through oh like a day of fire training. A lot of us, you know, um, didn't have any background in fire or Mm. anything like that, and so we brought biologists kind of from all over the area throughout the Southeast region. district wildlife managers, different people throughout CPW and hatchery folks, even people from our research section kind of got together with the Forest Service, who are often, you know, experts in in fire and dealing with wildfire and that kind of stuff, and put together this rescue effort. So, we took all these people up into the drainage there after, you know, a thorough training and, and whatnot, and... It was a pretty extensive exercise. We broke off into teams. We had we had teams set up where, uh, you know, people had backpack electrofishers, which are electrofishers we put put on to sample fish. Um, and so folks in waders with nets and electrofishing backpacks, you know, went up into that drainage, had to go through a pretty extensive process to get into the fire, uh, past the fire line, you know, um, on that particular day and the rescue effort just commenced. Hmm. We were able to take, I think, 196 fish out of that Hayden Pass fire zone, and um, once we collected the fish, we brought them into coolers uh, that were on oxygen, had oxygen tanks running to them that were on ATVs and trailers, and basically took the fish out of there um, in that single day with the help of the Forest Service and a lot of other uh, partnering uh, entities. So.
0: You, you know, here in the state of Colorado, we're, we're far too familiar with wildfires and how intense that can be. That that had to be quite an experience for you folks. Uh, not not being firefighters yourself, you talk about the training you had to go through. That fire burned just under 17,000 acres. That had to be a pretty intense experience for all of you folks.
1: It, it, definitely, was, uh, it, it definitely was new and interesting. And, um, and uh, you know, Going through the training and, and uh you know, what what to do in the case of, you know, um a situation that where the fire would come down on you, those kinds of things definitely was eye opening. Um but you know, the, the other side of that is uh you know, Forest Service is full of just very professional people. You know, they know what they're doing, they're they're very well trained, they trained us very well and prepared us very well and and The situation was relatively safe for us even though we were going past the fire line and and all these kind of things. But uh yeah, it's it's not unique to us to play with electricity and water as fisheries (laughs) biologists, but to do that in a fire zone was definitely a unique experience and uh and kinda put a whole nother level of uh concern on the on the situation for sure.
0: I bet it certainly did. So you talked about the number of fish you folks were able to take out of the stream what what then happened with those fish since they were they were pulled out
1: yeah so um we had you know an effort kind of set in place of what we were going to do and and a lot of those fish were going to go into a hatchery to make make sure that uh, we could take them into a safe place that we had controlled Um, and so about 150 of those fish went into our Roaring Judy Hatchery in Gunnison, Colorado. Um, that's managed by a, a gentleman by the name of Seth Firestone. and um, So those fish were taken in there and, and, uh, and kept. Um, and then we've used those fish, obviously, um, to propagate more fish. And then another subset of those, a small subset of those, we took into... A drainage that we had previously that uh, we thought would be good habitat, um, and uh, that was in Newland Creek, um, another uh, small creek kind of in the in vicinity of of Hayden Creek up in that upper uh, Arkansas section of of that area, and so those fish went in there um, to essentially create an, a new natural population. Uh, the fish that then went into the hatchery have been propagated since. and kind of the story there was unique, you know when you take a small group of fish you're you're concerned about a lot of different things like genetic bottlenecks and you know problems with genetics with small populations and sure. so we did a lot of research with those fish and and we crossed them in ways to look at and see you know if the fish were you know most related or what were most distantly related and if there were impacts to those fish uh, that we saw you know, after those fish were crossed and stuff. But we didn't see any problems with that, which was fortunate. A lot of those fish were then actually taken to the uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife National Fish Hatchery up in Leadville, mm-hmm. where they're maintained uh, to this day. And there at the hatchery in partnership with the Fish and Wildlife Service up there, those fish are propagated. We get the eggs from them. And then we take them actually back to our Roaring Judy Hatchery in Gunnison, which is kind of a unique situation. Um, And the fish are raised there at Roaring Judy. And the reason that's done is up there in Leadville, the water is so cold that the fish don't grow quite as well as they do like at our Roaring Judy Hatchery. Interesting. We've we've, uh, worked in partnership with them to kind of make that happen.
0: Here's kind of a simplistic question, but well, I'll go ahead and ask it anyway. I'm a simplistic guy. Well, why do we care so much about the Hayden Creek Cutthroat Trout? I mean, what what makes them unique and, and worth the effort that we're talking about here?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's that is, you know, the question, right? It's a convoluted story. There's there's no question about it. I guess essentially, what it comes down to is this fish is very, very unique and. And this species of fish has what we call a haplotype, and it's essentially a, a set of genetic alleles um, that, that come from a single parent that are only found in this fish hmm. and not found in any other fish uh, in Colorado. Um, the only other place this fish was found um, was in a museum collection from a collection that was made back in 1889 out of Twin Lakes wow. by a gentleman by the name of David Starr Jordan. And he collected those fish back then Um, they were actually preserved pretty uniquely um, and interestingly enough in a way that the genetic material was actually maintained through the years um, and found to match this specific fish Hmm. Um, and that's the only place in those two locations that that allele has been found once in the wild here in these hayden creek cutthroats but then also in a museum collection that's housed in the Smithsonian.
0: That is fascinating. So, so let me ask you this: that as a fly fisherman, I'm I'm obviously very familiar with the uh, you know greenback cutthroat trout, and we've heard a lot about them in recent years. H- how do they different? Uh, how do the Hayden Creek cutthroat differ from the greenback cutthroat?
1: Well, that's where the the story gets a little more complicated, I guess. And <laughs> and the greenback cutthroat trout that you speak of are native to the um, northeast corner of Colorado and the South Platte drainage. The native trout for kind of the Arkansas drainage is not exactly known at this date and time. Um, There's kind of two fish that we think that was probably native to the Arkansas Basin, and that's the yellowfin cutthroat trout, and then possibly this uh, unique haplotype um, that we find in the Hayden Creek Cutthroat, and that's what makes that fish so unique and also special. The yellowfin cutthroat trout is not does not exist anymore that we know of, and okay. is essentially extirpated, unfortunately. So, okay. the next uh, fish that then becomes kind of the the. The uh, the fish that we would call native to uh, the Arkansas Basin is potentially this Hayden Creek cutthroat that was found back in 1889 um, that was also found down here in the Hayden Creek drainage.
0: Hmm. As you then make the decision to reintroduce, talk about the process of, of determining what streams you look at and, and kind of what the qualifications are to put them back in those streams.
1: Yeah, you bet. So um, when we look for streams that... Uh, that are, that have good potential, you know, obviously we're working, looking, for streams with good water quality, um, you know, trout or cold water species. And, and, uh, so high mountain streams with good oxygenated water, um, in, in these higher elevation areas, um, are ideal for them. But really we also want to find places that are fishless essentially, um, so that they don't have to compete with other fish, um, so that we don't have to worry about hybridization with fish like rainbow trout. And we can do that a couple different ways. We can either reclaim creeks um, through a reclamation process um, of removing fish in those streams, or we can find fishless streams, which do exist and, and are out there. So what we're looking for is streams that are isolated, maybe by a barrier that doesn't allow fish from the lower reaches to move up into it. Um, and so we've, we've identified a lot of those. And, and over the last year alone, um, I think we've stocked uh, like seven new locations this last year in 2021. So wow. um, we have a target of how many, you know, we're trying to attain. Um, and we're, we're moving pretty quickly, actually, faster than I think we uh, thought we would to achieve that target.
0: So what's next then for the Hayden Creek cutthroat? I mean, it sounds like CPW is going to keep stocking them when the opportunity arises. Do, do you think they can reproduce in the wild? Uh, is this going to be a, a fish that, you know, us fly fishermen will be able to go fish for at some point in time? What What's the future hold?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of the intention and, and the hope, right? And uh, it takes about three years of stocking uh, before we'll kind of leave a population alone. And then... The idea is that those would then be self-sustaining, and once we attain a certain number of self-sustaining populations, we'll kind of met our, what we would call a conservation goal, that we feel like they're secure on the landscape, that... We don't need to worry as much about them, and um, hopefully that they're there for years and years and generations and generations for fishermen to enjoy.
0: Paul, this has got to be rewarding work. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking about this. There was a possibility that the Hayden Creek cutthroat, because of the fire, could have been extinguished. We we, would be talking about them in the past tense, and yet you folks go in there, you're able to save a a good number of them, uh, help them reproduce, reintroduce. That's got to be unbelievably rewarding, I would think.
1: It is. There's no question. Um, you know, our biologists, our district wildlife managers, our hatchery our hatchery managers and, and technicians, we work hard and that's, you know, that's, that's our job. That's our, our goal. Um, it is rewarding work, no question, especially when you're working with these unique species. And, and there's a good outcome, like you said. Um, there could be a whole different story to that.
0: Yeah. Fascinating stuff. Love it. Paul, great information and congratulations on a success story. We appreciate you joining us here on Colorado Outdoors.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Um I would like to add just real quick that, you know, it's it's not C P W alone that does this kind of work and um it's it's really through partnership and collaboration with private landowners, cooperating agencies like the US Forest Service, the BLM, Fish and Wildlife Service, and some of those people I mentioned. Um, you know, here down down in Colorado Springs, the city of Colorado Springs and companies like Colorado Springs Utilities, uh groups like Trout Unlimited, it's partnerships with people like that that allow CPW to conserve and protect, you know, unique species like this Hayden Creek Cutthroat trout. So, we don't do it alone. Um and uh we're obviously working for the citizens of the state.
0: You bet. Well, with any great collaboration, there's always a, a great deal of partnership and teamwork. Wonderful stuff. Paul, thank you.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Our thanks to Paul Fouts, Senior Aquatic Biologist for CPW's Southeast Region. An amazing success story of the survival of the Hayden Creek cutthroat trout here in Colorado. Remember, for anything and everything pertaining to Colorado Parks and Wildlife, go to our website at cpw.state.co.us. Thanks for joining us on Colorado Outdoors, powered by Great Outdoors Colorado. I'm your host, Mark Johnson. Until next time, get out and enjoy the great outdoors in our beautiful state of Colorado. Colorado Parks and Wildlife is a nationally recognized leader in conservation, outdoor recreation, and wildlife management. The agency manages 42 state parks, 960-plus species of wildlife in Colorado, more than 350 state wildlife areas, and a host of recreational programs from hunting and fishing to the state's trails program, boat registration, snowmobiles, off-highway vehicles, and more. All of its management is in perpetuity for the enjoyment of Coloradans and its visitors.